Hello and welcome to the WWE vs. AEW podcast. I am your host, Daniel. And on tonight's show, there he is. The forbidden door. That forbidden door we've been hearing about for, what, two years now. It's been blown open as Kenta appeared on AEW Dynamite last night at the Beach Blast show. Also, we're going to be talking Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre's potential WrestleMania opponents. And we're going to be reviewing AEW Beach Blast from last night. So yeah, as we said, the big news last night. Kenta finally appeared. Well, someone from New Japan finally appeared in AEW. So we've had, obviously, we've had like Moxley and Jericho appearing in New Japan. But this is, this is, they've had that written into their contract. This is big, big news that a New Japan wrestler contracted solely to New Japan has appeared in an AEW ring. And we'll be going on to talk about that in a couple of minutes. We'll also, as I said, be getting into the Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre stuff before finishing on Beach Blast. So yeah, Kenta, if you've been watching previous shows, you'll see that I always struggle to get the image on that TV to stay up. So... I don't know, we're probably going to go on for about 40, 45 minutes. Hopefully it lasts the show, but undoubtedly it won't. I've fiddled about with the settings. But no matter what, if anyone's got a Toshiba TV, yeah, or a Fire Stick, help me out. Because I've gone into the settings, I've fiddled with it. But no matter what happens, it seems to go. And at some point, if anyone watching notices that will go, if it makes it, it's a miracle. But yeah. Um, so yeah, so I just want to say hi to everyone on YouTube, Twitch, um, Periscope, everyone listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Um, yeah, so uh, we're going to start by actually the way we usually start, and that's by talking about last week's ratings. Last week was very close. Um, AW had 734,000 viewers to NXT's 720,000 viewers. Um, it was quite surprising because last week's Dynamite was a really, really strong Dynamite. I thought it was one of the better Dynamites that they've done. Um, but <laughs> obviously there was outages in the States um, throughout the show, I think mainly at the start of the show, so that apparently that did affect the viewing numbers. But this week, this week I'm expecting it's going to be tough, really. I would obviously AEW have the beach break, which is what one of like their specials. It's a big show. It was a big card. That's not obviously something huge happened at the end of it. But NXT advertised yesterday that Edge, the Royal Rumble winner, would be appearing on NXT. So. It's curious because we all we all heard last year, didn't we? Edge returned at the Royal Rumble and he was on Raw the next night. And they expected a big boost in the ratings and there wasn't one. So all year, all we've heard is, oh, Edge isn't a draw with the ratings. But I think we're going to find that out in what a matter of about four hours, usually 9pm UK time, the ratings are revealed. Always look out on our Twitter, 9 o'clock UK time, what will that be? 4 o'clock Eastern 1 o'clock Pacific, I'll always try and get the ratings up as quickly as we can. Or, if not, I'm sure you can head to Brian Alvarez's Twitter. I've done that a few times to find it myself. Um, but, yeah, so I'm curious. I don't really know what to say. Usually, as we say, it's usually around the 1.5 million mark, isn't it, the viewers? So, last week, 734, 720, that's 1,454. So, it's always around 1.5 million. Hopefully, with Edge being on... NXT, hopefully with the big beach break show, that we do get a high number of, um, of viewers. Hopefully we can break the 1.5. And I think if I'm prediction-wise, prediction-wise, by the time most of you are listening to, to this, unless you're listening live, hello, by the way. If you want to drop us a comment, if you're leaving live, if you're listening live, then um, just go on to YouTube, leave it in the comment section, and I will get around to reading it out. But 
Prediction-wise, I'm going to go with 800,000 for AEW, 720,000 again for NXT. So I'm predicting a slight AEW win, but who knows? It's going to be interesting come 9 o'clock because is Edge going to make the difference? We all saw around Survivor Series time, not this Survivor Series, the Survivor Series prior to this, where is it Becky Lynch appeared? Um, on NXT, there was numerous stars appearing on NXT, but, and they did a monster rating, well, by NXT and Wednesday Night War standards, with Becky Lynch appearing, so it will be interesting, because Edge, you'd say, is probably as big a star as Becky Lynch, so, I might be having second thoughts about that prediction, but, we'll see, we'll see, what, what do people think, what do people think the rating is going to be, it's going to be very interesting, for sure, um, but yeah, so I guess I guess we should get into the main the main news of the night, and that is that man who is still around on my TV screens for all you audio listeners who are wondering what I'm on about. Check out our YouTube version where it's me in not HD, but yeah, we've got Kenta on the big screen TV. Hopefully, he sticks around till the end of the show. But yeah, it was see. It, it was a big shot, really. We've been waiting for this moment for ages. I didn't really see it coming last night, if I'm honest. But really, the signs were there last Friday night on New Japan Strong. Um, John Moxley showed up and attacked Kenta to show to close the show in front of absolutely nobody. Um, so, yeah, we should have really seen it coming. I mean, I've been watching some of the Road to the New Beginning shows this week. JY, GLD have constantly been mentioning that they're the real bullet club in their promos. Um, we've obviously had, I think, Kenny Omega and Ibushi even had interaction on Twitter for the first time since Omega left New Japan. That was quite a big deal that went sort of went underneath the radar. Kevin Kelly doing commentary on these new beginning shows. He was sort of going, oh, this bullet club, they're the proper bullet club. They've been the best version of the bullet club. And really, as a babyface commentator, I was thinking, why are you saying that? But obviously, he's back in New Japan so yeah, something was clearly going on, and I can't believe that nobody added it up, that at the end of Beach Break, we would get um, Kenta coming out, but I didn't see it, I was shocked. Now, I've got a bone to pick here, so in the UK, obviously, it starts at 1 o'clock, and last night, I sat here, and I thought, Do you know what, I want to stay up and watch Beach Break, but... I get up for 6 o'clock at work, for work, most of, most of the week. So that would mean going to bed at 3, getting up at 6. And I was like, you know what, I think I might stay up. Message my mate, Neil. I don't know if you're listening, probably not. But Neil was like, ah, don't be stupid. You should get back from work and watch it tomorrow. I'm watching it tomorrow. Cheers, pal. Yeah. I'm, not only did I miss it, yeah, but another one. Dave Meltzer put on Twitter last night, oh, New Japan are making a big announcement. Um... 9am Eastern time, so that's 2pm over here, and um, so I thought, just before I sat down to watch Dynamite, I thought I'll go on New Japan's Twitter, I always avoid all the spoilers for AEW, I thought I'll go on New Japan's Twitter, just see what this announcement is, there's Kenta, with Beach Blast behind, and I was like, oh no, I can't believe I've avoided spoilers all day, to just have it ruined for me, what are the chances, the one time I check New Japan's Twitter, I thought I would have been safe, check New Japan's Twitter, Prior to the AEW show, and there it is. Devastated. But hey, it made, the problem is it made me want to skip the rest of the show, although I was quite interested in the rest of the show, to see it. But I had to wait around, and especially seeing I was reviewing it on this show. Um, but yeah, the thing is that, that's coming out of it, I mean, people are saying, what does this mean? What does it mean? Is it a partnership? I'd say it's more a working relationship as opposed to a partnership for now, anyway. Do you know what I mean? A partnership. It's not like we're going to be seeing an influx of, like, 
the New Japan Dojo guys appearing on AEW Dark. I mean, maybe we will. That'd be great if they did that. But I don't really see that happening at the moment. But it's a start. In fact, it's more than a start. It does look really promising. Um, but the big reason was why it was... Obviously, Moxley has it in, in his contract. When he signed for AEW, had it in his contract, he could go and work for New Japan as long as it didn't affect him appearing on Dynamite. Whereas I'm pretty sure in Kenta's contract, it doesn't state, could appear on AEW Dynamite. So, this is a big deal. This is New Japan saying, look, one of our top guys, whatever you think of Kenta's in-ring work at the moment, I was talking about someone with that, with someone on Twitter the other day, and I was saying that he's not the same Kenta, definitely not. But he is one of their top guys. I'm sure he's one of their highest paid guys. So, for them to say, look, get yourself in the main event of Dynamite is, it's a big deal. It is a really big deal. Um, obviously, Kent lives in the States. If you're wondering why, like, what, is he not in Japan? No, Kent lives in the States, so in between tours. he's. I don't think he's got a match on, um, no, he's not got a match on the upcoming New Beginning tour. So, obviously, he's at home in the States, so it opened up the door for him to appear. Now, what I was thinking with that, who else lives in the States? You know what I mean? You're not really going to have a Tanahashi and Okada appearing on Dynamite at the moment because they're going to have to quarantine for two weeks when they get back. Probably have to, I don't know the US quarantine rules, but they'll probably have to um, quarantine in the in the States as well. But So you're not going to have Okada, you're not going to have Tanahashi, you're not going to have Suzuki even. Oh, that'd be great, would it? Suzuki in AEW. Oh, Suzuki would be over with those AEW fans. Imagine, imagine a big building um, in the States with Suzuki coming out. But yeah, hopefully all that is to come. But there's one thing I will say. JY apparently does live in the States. So, could we see JY appearing? I mean, at the moment, no, because he's in Japan. He's working a match next Thursday um, on New Beginning uh, for the Never, what is it, the Never Open Way six-man tags. Um so, yeah, and then he's obviously the Castle Attack tour is after that. So he, he's, he's probably going to be on the Castle Attack show. I'm expecting a big singles match with Ishii on Castle Attack. And then we've got the New Japan Cup throughout March. I'm not sure what they've got in April. Um, so maybe April, but I'm sure at some point it'll be quick. It's a shame that it happened when it is because he's, I think he's gone back home for the last few weeks. Um, obviously, since Wrestle Kingdom, he wasn't sitting in New Japan for three or four weeks. So we could have even seen a Jay White appearance then, but... The way it's all going, I mean, if nobody, if people haven't, I only just happened by chance to have seen it when I was doing some research for the show. But if you head over to the AEW Twitter, they put a video up after Dynamite, where basically Kenny Omega, after the show finishes, goes up to Kenta um, outside and he says, Ah, Kenta, brother Switchblade, um, never said you was coming, reference to Jay White there. Kenta basically says, shut the fuck up, I'm not your friend, I'm here for Moxley. So... That was basically saying, do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's basically, well, we know exactly what it's saying. But, so maybe we could see, it looks like they're heading towards Bullet Club. The Bullet Club, as I said, G-O-D, Jay White have been, like, issuing stuff over to the books and stuff. We've been going back and forth. So that's all going to be interesting. But for now, I'd like to keep that apart. We've already seen the Bullet Club versus Bullet Club feud. Obviously, this is, like, would be a fresh version. But if they take it slowly... Sure, it's going to be great. Um, I'm sure we're going to see Jay White in AEW at some point. Uh, but maybe not sign in for AEW as everyone was like talking about. At least he didn't show up in the Royal Rumble. Thank God for that. But um, yeah, so the big news coming out of this. Going back, sorry, I'm excited. The caffeine's hitting. So going back to this. Um, on the promo, um, Omega, after Kenner had gone, he did say, look, Tony Khan, if you're brave enough, book the match for next week on Dynamite. 
Kenny Omega and Ken are teaming up to take on Lance Archer and John Moxley. But obviously, Ken doesn't work here, so you're going to have to make that a lights out match. So, AEW, they're not going to tease something unless it's going to happen. So, 99.9% sure. Next week on Dynamite, we're going to see Kenny Omega teaming up with Kenta to take on Lance Archer and John Moxley in a lights out match. Now, that you would like to hope will do a big rating, but I can't wait for that. And it's just, it's just, I can't explain. What is it? Weekly episodic TV is how you could describe Dynamite at the moment. Like, this show's finished and already excited for next week. And. The possibilities are endless, aren't they? I mean, just... Do you know what? I don't like to talk about Dream Match. Hey, fuck it. I do like to talk about Dream Matches. Ibushi Omega. Let's have that at the Dome. Wrestle Kingdom next year where I'm hopefully going to be able to go. Get it in the Dome. Other matches. Tanahashi Moxley was thrown around this year. I'm sure Jericho will want to go back over. Maybe Young Bucks against... Sabre and Taichi. Young Bucks against G.O.D. Um, I think FTR are going to be wanting to work in Japan. So, yeah, it, it's exciting times to come. I've already been met, me, me and me mate have already decided there's going to be a new Japan versus AEW Super Show at MSG at some point. We're already booking flights for that. So, yeah, it's exciting times. This is what wrestling should be, and it just makes you even more excited for things, hopefully, to get back to normal. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much all the news that's come out. I mean... No, nobody really knows what's going on. They're not going to reveal it. Oh, yeah, but you can read in between the lines. There is definitely... There's a hundred, but there's a relationship because Kent is wrestling in the main event on Dynamite next week. But, yeah, we're going to get... We're just going to talk about WWE briefly now um, before getting back to reviewing the Beach Break show from last night. Just let me have a sip. We'll show what drink I'm drinking tonight. This is recommended by Danny. Danny, put me onto this. And it is absolutely lovely. Pepsi Max Cherry absolutely beautiful so ever the professional i'm just gonna have a quick drink on air before we talk about who edge is going to be facing at wrestlemania and who drew mcintyre is going to be facing at WrestleMania. i messed that up i meant to say who roman reigns is facing at wrestlemania but hey edge is good enough answers your question great recommendation that danny great recommendation so yeah let's get into that what I was going to say about Raw, let's get into Raw. So, we will be going back to, I can see there's a couple of comments in the chat, we'll be talking about them in a minute, but we're going to be talking about Raw for the next five minutes. Let's get into Monday morning. So, if you listen to the Royal Rumble show, the recap show, if not, go and check it out on the YouTube, Apple Podcasts, WWE versus AEW, go and check that out. So, after about four hours sleep Sunday night through staying up till 4am for the Rumble, I go to bed. I went to bed about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock on uh, Sunday night, on Monday, sorry. And it completely messed up my sleeping pattern because quarter to 5 a.m., I woke up and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll put Raw on. So I shoved Raw on from last night. It's 5 a.m. in the morning and I get this segment to wake me up. I've got Edge interrupting Drew McIntyre. So I'm half asleep. I've got two shots of Americano in my little china cup. And I'm thinking, why, why is Edge coming out there basically cutting a heel promo on Drew McIntyre? So Drew McIntyre's out there, do you know what I mean? Being nice to Edge, saying, oh, it was great to see you in the Royal Rumble. He was basically doing what Roman Reigns used to do, where Reigns would like, open up Raw and he'd talk about what a great show last night's pay-per-view was and run down. He ran down all the matches, just basically doing a great babyface promo on Edge. Edge is out and he's like, I tell you, I'm offended that you're just like being nice to me. You should be kicking my head off. I was like... Why are you being a dickhead? 
And then Sheamus comes out. So this Roman Reigns, I'm not Roman Reigns, this um, Drew McIntyre and Sheamus feud they've been planting. I've been saying to people, oh, this is going to be great. If you just look at it, if, if you like, you're not watching the product and you see Sheamus is facing Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. You're like, ah, Sheamus, really? Do we want him in it? Do we want him in the picture? But the, the way they've done it, of like being friends and stuff and Sheamus was getting Drew presents and stuff, I was like, this is going to be good. The, the, the nice little slow build. Are they feeling all right? And then out of nowhere, <laughs> Sheamus just broke kicks. Drew McIntyre's head off. I was checking my phone. I thought the segment was over. And it was like, oh, so Sheamus has turned on Drew. And that was it. Complete anti-climax. Do you know what I mean? They've been building. They had, this started in November. Just subtly. And they just spunked to the load. There was, like a, there was like a lad on a night out who got too excited after two minutes. It was just... Bad comparison. But it was just... It was disappointing. So, what I'm taking from that is they had to get it on this show, didn't they? They had to get it in now. So, clearly, they're rushing this. If they're going to have it as the main event on Raw in a couple of weeks, maybe. Um, but what I'm thinking is probably Elimination Chamber, which is what? What is it? 21st? 21st of Feb Elimination Chamber, I think. Yeah, it's the Sunday after the NXT vengeance day show so yeah looks like we're going to be getting um drew versus sheamus for that so with that said so say we're getting edge basically the report which we're going to get into in a minute is that he's facing rome so let's forget edge edge is not going to be facing drew mcintyre at um wrestlemania which is the right decision you don't want a baby face versus baby face at WrestleMania, when you want Drew to get over with the fans at WrestleMania, you want Edge the same. You don't want babyface, babyface, not the way to go at WrestleMania because it's going to result in one of your babyfaces getting booed. Anyone remember The Rock versus Hogan? Because I do. Great match, but <laughs> got The Rock booed, which is the way they wanted to go. But I'm pretty sure we don't want Edge or Drew turning heel anytime soon. So yeah, scrap that. Anyone that thinks Edge versus Drew, in my opinion, should happen at WrestleMania, it really needs to like examine it a little bit closer. Um. So, yeah, I'm glad they made the right decision on that. So, who else is Drew going to face? Who do people want Drew to face? I've put it out on Twitter, and it, it's really tough. I mean, like, you're assuming they're going to waste, they're going to do the Sheamus. They could have done Sheamus at Mania. I mean, it's not really like, it's not a sexy feud, is it, for WrestleMania or a match on paper, but they could have, I feel like, with the right build, it would have been all right. But I don't know why they're doing that. They're rushing it for some reason. So. Who's Drew going to face? I mean, I was saying Cena a few weeks ago, but it looks like Cena might not be at Mania, depending on who you believe. Sorry, fizzy pot repeating on me there. Um, so I've come up with some ideas what they can do. I mean, it could go anyway. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. People are saying Keith Lee. I'm going to throw that right out. The way they booked, the way they've handled Keith Lee since he emerged on the main roster of the night after SummerSlam. He should not be in the main event, one of the night's main events of WrestleMania. Definitely not Keith Lee. As much as I'm a huge Keith Lee fan, it's not. Like, say, babyface, babyface ain't going to work, and I don't want to see Keith Lee go heel. Although maybe it might be better for him because they clearly can't book babyfaces. Lashley. Now, yeah, again, Drew versus Lashley is not a sexy WrestleMania main event, is it? It's not something that's going to be like, can you know, I McIntyre against. Ken, I knew Kenta would go. Is he going to come back? Is he coming back? Or are we getting the fire stick homepage? It lasted 19 minutes. Seriously, someone... Ah, it's gone. It is gone. You can have a look at, at free advertisement for hashtag keep fit at home. Speaking of keep fit at home, I'm going on a run after this. Keep doing... Every time I go on a run, keep seem to be doing my knee and my hamstring gets tight. I've been on... I worked... Because I do it on Strava. I've been on... Um, 
like 17, 17, 18 runs this year. And it might just be too much. Apparently it's too much. But I keep getting injured every time. Right, TV's going off. It's shame because it was looking really good that as well. Um, ugh, let's see if we can get it back on. Great live. Hello to everyone on Apple Podcasts who is probably wondering what is going on. Let's see if it's coming back on. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. Um, is it? Is it coming back on? Hey, Kenter is back. Kenter is back for the set. I bet he goes off before this show finishes. Great audio for you audio listeners. But yeah, Lashley. So as I was all saying, Lashley. I was talking about running when I bought caffeine's taken over. Lashley. It's not a sexy WrestleMania match, but Lashley's like the most strongly booked guy that they've got. I don't. There's a reason. There must be a reason why they've been keeping Lashley. So. Protected, that's the word. I mean, maybe they just hate Matt Riddle. Maybe they just hate Ricochet. Yeah, there's definitely something to that because they clearly do. But Lashley is the guy who, no matter what, for our, who was he feuding with in August? He was feuding with someone. And it was like, why does he just keep winning? I can't think who it was. And he was just going over the baby face. God, it's bugging me that. I can't think who it was. But so they're clearly keeping Lashley strong for something. There's something they're keeping him strong for. Whether it's for Brock Lesnar, hopefully they do that feud at some point. But maybe it's for Drew McIntyre. For me, no. I don't want Lashley. I don't think it's a big enough WrestleMania match. Drew McIntyre already beat him in his title reign at one of those um, empty arena shows last year. So yeah, no Lashley, no Keith Lee. Doesn't look like Sheamus. So who does that leave, you may ask? You're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. As the weekend and the WrestleMania theme would say, save your tears because it leaves Brock Lesnar. Now... As I was saying, I do think this WrestleMania should be about righting the wrongs of last year, having the things happen that they can, that should have happened. The people who got denied the moments last year should be given them this year. Rhea Ripley should go over Charlotte if they go in that way at WrestleMania. It wouldn't be the worst idea to have Drew go over Brock Lesnar in the main event at WrestleMania in front of fans. I know it happened last year, but does anyone really remember it? Do, I know, like, people might do, but people... Does anyone really remember Braun Strowman beating Goldberg last year? No. No, they don't. That is a forgettable match. The McIntyre... The things that you remember from last year's WrestleMania was Undertaker AJ on night one, and rightly or wrongly, the Firefly Funhouse on night two. Everything else was just what it was, really. So... You need a match at WrestleMania that is going to give Drew his big moment. And that the man to give you that is Brock Lesnar. Have Heyman manage Brock like he did at WrestleMania 29. WrestleMania 29, um, Heyman managed Brock against Triple H. And he managed Punk against Undertaker. And it was great. Yeah? Those were two of the biggest feuds going into it. So this year, I'd see no reason why you can't do that. And then who knows, in a year's time, maybe we could have Roman versus Brock for the third time at Mania. Been there for both the others. Probably would end up being there next year, touch wood. So, do you go with Brock? What I've got a feeling they might do, and I always complain about them doing this. Always complain about them doing this, right? Is not enough pre-planning, so they just go with a triple threat match at Mania. We've seen it countless times. Countless times. Mysterio, Angle, Orton... There's, there's other ones where it's not been the plan going into it, but it's gone into a triple threat match. Brian, Batista, Orton, which was actually great, to be fair. But there's got to be others. Others that... Prime, John Cena versus Edge versus Big Show. Do you know what I mean? That, that's just not... Main one, screaming right at me. The poster's up there. Not that you can see it, but... 
WrestleMania 35, the last WrestleMania I was at. Ronda, it should have been Ronda versus Becky, but no, they added, they added um, Charlotte, right? So what I'm thinking they might do, I bet you're thinking, spit it out. I've got a funny feeling they might go with Drew versus The Fiend versus Orton in a three-way. I don't know what people's views of that would be, but I re- it just wouldn't. So I can, I can see them doing. And if not, maybe could just go with Drew versus Fiend. But they did. I always go back to that segment. Maybe I have to read too much into it. But they did tease that very much in a segment right after the draft. Drew, Orton, Fiend were all staring each other down at the end of Raw. And it was never mentioned again. And I thought, are they saving that for somewhere down the road? And with Drew not having a WrestleMania opponent, I'm just thinking... Were they saving it for WrestleMania? Because something's not adding up. Are all these dots going to connect? Probably not. It's probably going to be something else. But it just wouldn't surprise me to see them do that. And I really... I don't think it'd be a good idea. Because whoever works with The Fiend as a babyface... Look at Seth. I mean, that wasn't the best for Seth, was it? Um, But yeah, I just can't think of who else it could be. I mean, they could do anything, couldn't they? There's two pay-per-views leading up to it. So for me, if someone's saying, gun to my head, who's Drew going to face at Mania... It's going to either be Brock or it's going to be something involving, involving The Fiend. As much as people don't want to hear it, that would be my prediction. It's not what I'd want, but there's just nothing that screams out. I mean, ideally, I'd have him face Cena and Cena put him over in the main event. Have the whole story, Cena going for his 17th title against Drew, but Drew wins. Um, and I do think you'd probably get people... like I, You always wonder, don't you, what, what are fans going to make of Drew? I mean... Yeah. Do you know, like, he's, he's popular to an extent, but live WWE fans will turn on a babyface if they feel like he's getting too much of a push. So, with Cena, it's the safe bet. You know the fans are going to cheer Drew against Cena. Maybe not, but they will. If, trust that would be the one WrestleMania Cena gets cheered, but wouldn't surprise me if they went that way. Um, we've got a comment on the show. We've got Renegade Ryan. He thinks Drew versus Priest. I, I never even thought of that. That never even occurred to me, I suppose. But, but they are actually, they've been pushing Damien Priest, haven't they? Might just be a bit too soon. I, I wouldn't mind seeing that match, actually. But it might just be a bit too soon to maybe have Priest challenge for the title. But I suppose, at least, they can't mess him up. They can't, if, if that happens, they've got two months to not mess him up. So it, it wouldn't actually be a bad shout. A good shout. I'd never even thought of that one, Ryan. Um, right, so let's get on to... Let's get on to Edge and Roman Reigns. So yeah, it does look like Roman. Dave Meltzer reported. I mean, I was saying this on Sunday's podcast. I mean, I've seen other podcasters that I won't name saying that it's a bad idea. But for me, it was a no-brainer. Edge versus Roman. Spear versus Spear. Edge working with Heyman in promos is going to be great. Edge used to be the top guy on SmackDown for years. When you think back of those late 2000s, who do you think of on SmackDown? It was the rated R superstar Edge versus the guy who, what, what, what's the bill in the head of the table now is Roman Reigns. So it writes itself. I think it's a good idea. Um, as I've said, you can do along the way. We can have Edge and Christian versus Jey Uso and Roman Reigns in tag team matches, maybe at Fastlane. That'd be great. You could have Edge and Christian versus the Usos. That'd be great. So there's plenty of things that you can do along the way to keep it fresh. WrestleMania is what? 10 weeks? 10 weeks away? Yeah, 10 weeks away this weekend, I think. Um, Maybe nine. But the stuff you can do along the way, and I do think that tag team match would be great to see. Um, But yeah, apparently um, Edge was teasing. He was going for the NXT title last night. I haven't actually watched... um, 
NXT yet because I was rushing to get this show. I mean, I don't watch NXT every week, but last night's show did actually look quite a strong show, so I will probably be watching that tonight. Um, I did see clips, going to Ryan's point, I did see clips of um, Edge stood in the middle of Pete Dunne and Finn Balor. I can't see him going for the NXT title. Although Finn Balor versus Edge would be a really, really good match that I'd want to see. Um, but, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to... It's going to be Edge versus Roman Reigns by the look of it. And I'm, I'm fine with that. I think that's a great WrestleMania feud to do. Um, on Raw, we got Edge versus Orton. They concluded that quickly, didn't they? I think it was the right decision. I mean, once again, talking about the Royal Rumble... Um, the Royal Rumble podcast that I did, I was saying, look, you could just conclude this now. Edge has got his revenge on Orton by kicking him out. He, he eliminated him out of the Royal Rumble. What more revenge could you want? He got his revenge. He beat him again on Monday Night Raw. The feud is over. I mean, to be fair, although, I'm sure when Edge returned, I don't think he'd have wanted to, his only opponents to have been Randy Orton for the first year. Obviously, injuries didn't help that along the way. But yeah, so it does look there. Your match is Edge versus Roman for Mania. I'm ex fully expecting. I think Teb's come up with the idea of... Um, Edge showing up on SmackDown this week, um, cutting off Roman Reigns. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that happened. He's been on Raw, he's been on NXT. I'm expecting him to show up on SmackDown on Friday. And let's get our first match announced for WrestleMania. So I'm quickly going to have um, another drink before we do the Beach Blast review. Quickly going to make sure that this doesn't go off. Probably will go off at some point, but yeah. Going to be talking about Beach Break, the show that I watched this afternoon. Cracking drink that. If anyone hasn't tried it, go and try it. I'm not sure if they do it in the States though, but cracking drink. So yeah, AW Beach Break 2021 now. And it opened up with a battle royal. And I did like this because I completely forgot about this. Obviously, a lot's happened in the last year. But leading up to the Revolution match last year, the Young Bucks actually won a battle royal to qualify for the match for that probably match of the year against Kenny Omega and Hangman Page. I don't deal with Fizzy Pot well. So, I completely forgot about that. And it was that great super kick, if you remember, to Sammy Guevara. Completely forgot about it, where Sammy just crumbled into a heap. Um, but, yeah, completely forgot about that. So, I do like AEW have started doing this, where they've had, like... It makes it... It's, like, worthwhile watching, isn't it? Where, like, it, for, it's showing a clip from a year ago. So, you it, it pays to have watched that show a year ago. They did it on... A, the show the other week on New Year's Smash was it they was doing little clips and explaining why matches are happening going back to stuff that, and you're like oh yeah shit that did happen so yeah I mean like not everyone's memory is as great as I think Tony Khan's got an amazing memory I was, if anyone's not listened to it by the way Tony Khan on the Chris Jericho podcast his memory he can basically talk about anything that's happened this match happened on this on the March 6th edition of Dynamite his memory seems to be incredible so go plug in Jericho's podcast go and check that out listen to that earlier today um, but it, for for those people who don't have great memory, it is good that you're reminded of stuff like this. And it makes Dynamite must-see every week. Um, I'm not going to run through the entire Battle Royal, but it was... I couldn't really understand the rules at first. For some reason in my head, had the, the Good Brothers were scheduled to appear in this. But obviously, they was in the main event, so I don't know why I thought that. Um, but yeah, they, they did like... A few of the eliminations are probably going to lead... Um, to matches on Dynamite Queens. I mean, I John Silver eliminating Jake Hager. I thought maybe they're going to go with that. There's a, can't have, imagine Silver eliminating Hager without something coming back. So I expect to see that as a match on Dynamite in the upcoming um, few weeks. And we had the young one of the books eliminated Proud and Powerful 
Um, so maybe though they that's a feud they could go back to down the line. Definitely, definitely. I mean, they had a match at. Let's try and get me best Tony Khan out here. They had a match at Full Gear, not Full Gear 2019. I'm pretty sure they had a match on like the undercard when Neva were in the tag title picture. So that is a feud they could go back to. Um, I do think they left a lot on the table with that. So I would like to see that. Um, we had the Good Brothers out ringside. Uh, they caused private parties to be eliminated. Obviously, is it final resolution next weekend? There's going to be the Good Brothers taking on private party for the Impact Tag Title. So they sort of like build up that match. Uh, we got MJF eliminating Nick Jackson. Um, and we're left with one of the acclaimed, one of Top Flight. Um, we're left with Sammy. What was left with Jericho and Jericho and MJF? Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy. The crowd are singing the Jungle Boy song. That is going to be over huge when they go back to arenas. And, yeah, so MJF eliminates Jungle Boy. I was a bit disappointed in this. I would have liked seeing Jungle Boy go a bit further. Uh, Max Caster eliminated MJF. And then we've got Darius Martin, uh, Guevara, and Jericho left. And I was like, well, I didn't even realise both of the books had been eliminated. But we had Jericho accidentally eliminating Guevara. And Judas eliminates... Judas Jericho eliminates Darius M with a Judas effect to win the match. So I do think this match makes sense that has been booked as a result of this for Revolution. The Young Bucks versus MJF versus Chris Jericho at Revolution. A lot of people, including myself, thought they might have gone with the Bucks versus the Good Brothers. But what's the rush? There's absolutely no rush. It doesn't really make sense them have a match at the moment. Let, let, let's just save that for double and um, double enough in in May. So yeah, Young Bucks versus MJF and Jericho at Revolution. That should be a really good match. We've got the of the whole inner circle storyline going on. We've got the Bucks Good Brother storyline going on. So I think they're gonna have a really really. A lot of people will be thinking, ah, Jericho's not been great in the ring recently. MJF is decent in the ring at best at the moment anyway. And the Young Bucks obviously are great. So I think they will bust out a really good match. Um, at Revolution, I do think it was good booking. Um, next, we got hype video for Jade Cargill. Um, I do think it would have been better if if they would have done the um, like explained a bit more about who Jade Cargill is. But for whatever reason, they, they just showed her in the gym. I mean, she did look like like a monster. She looked great, but I want to like know who she is. She, so far, she's just someone who just seems to show up. I want to know a bit more about her before heading into this big match that was announced later. On in the show. Um, next we get Darby Allen and Sting out. And these promos, it just me, there's nothing ever really seemed to come of these promos. Like it's just like a couple of words and then it's over. Um, we basically found out it's Darby versus Janela next week for the TNT title. That'll be a crazy match. These two will probably try and kill themselves. Um, team Taz are outside the building, they're banned from coming in because of what they did last week. Um, so basically, Team Taz say they're going to be here next week. And then Sting says, all right, then, well, I'll be here to make sure that it's one-on-one against your opponent, Darby. Clearly forgot who Joey Janela was and why wouldn't he? I can't imagine Sting having any clue who Joey, Joey Janela is, but maybe I'm wrong. And Sting finishes by saying, if you don't see the icon in these eyes, then take a closer look. So next week, it's going to be Darby with Sting in his corner against Janela and apparently Team Taz are going to be appearing. It was just like a nothing going on promo, really. They just, they're really, they're just adding along the story week by week, gradually. 
Um, next, we got Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. Um, this match was originally scheduled for New Year's Smash, but for whatever reason, it was delayed. Um, I do always seem to complain about the women's matches on Dynamite not being... I don't know, they always just seem to be the semi-main event, don't they? They're always in that spot, by which point we've already seen what we've come to see and we're waiting for the main event, so they're hampered before they've even started, so I was glad to see them get a decent spot on the show. These are two of the best workers in the women's division, particularly Thunder Rosa. I thought she looked really good in this match, um, and they was having a really good match, one of the best AEW women's matches on Dynamite for a while, and then they get this stupid... I, I don't know, I wasn't a fan of the finish where Reba comes in behind the ref's back, she removes um, the buckle, and it was just like, really, you go in there, like, right behind the ref's back, clearly it just choreographed where the finish was going, of course it happens, Brit tosses her into the buckle, lockjaw, and wins, and that was it. So they clearly wanted to keep the feud going, but they're doing the women's eliminator tournament, so unless they're going to meet in that, I don't know, I just felt like they could have gone a different way with this, if they... <laughs> I don't know, I just didn't like the finish, it was a big blow-off match that's been built up for ages, and I would have preferred something a little bit um, more clean. Um, so, so yeah, basically, um, I, I just think, I want to see She. I always every week I say I want to see Sheeda versus Brit, but maybe that'll come out of the Eliminator tournament, who knows. But yeah, it was a decent match, but it was hampered by the finish, I think I went about three stars on this one. Um, I like this bit, we get Hangman Page and Matt Hardy in the dressing room, um, and obviously, like, to the blind eye, including myself, you wouldn't really know if there'd been much of a relationship, but, um, Matt says that they've been friends for years, um, but I'm sure they started a feud at the start of the year, there was, like, a battle royal, maybe at the end of last year, and I'm sure there was, like, starting a feud between the two, um, but yeah, basically, they just established why they was teaming for the upcoming match, and that Hardy was basically saying, look, Let's get revenge for them ruining um, Brody Lee Jr.'s birthday. So it did make sense. I did like that they went to the effort to show us why the match was taking place. Because last night when I saw that Hangman and Matt Hardy were taking on Chaos Project, I was a bit like, why? Why is that on like a pretty big dynamite? Well, why? So I'm glad they went to the trouble of explaining it. Um, the match itself, I'm glad it went only around five minutes, it ends with a bookshot lariat from Hangman Page, Matt Hardy does the blind tag, jumps in, takes the pin, and Hangman Page is fine with it, so I don't know if we're going to be building towards a match between the two at Revolution, if we are, I'd be fine with it, this is just a, it's a down period for Hangman Page in it after the Kenny Omega match, they don't really know what to do with him by the scenes of it, and I'm fine with that, Hang, hang fire, excuse the pun on this, and we can have the big Hangman Page going for the title in months to come. But, yeah, Hangman Page, keep him on the back burner until fans, like, big amounts of fans come back. Because he was really, that's one of the things of the pandemic, And it? Hangman Page was getting so over around that time. And I, I don't, I think he'd possibly even be, he'd definitely be in and around the title picture at this point. At some point, we're going to have Hangman Page taking the title off Kenny Omega. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it wasn't like a match that you need to go out your way to see, but it was decent for what they did. They announced the Women's Eliminator Tournament throughout February. There's going to be four matches taking place in Japan, four in AEW. I'm not going to run for all the competitors because I don't know some of them, but um, obviously Rio is going to be in it, um, which is good. But yeah. Next, the wedding. The wedding that's been built up for what feels like my entire life. The wedding. Penelope and um, Kip's wedding. And I'm thinking, something big's going to happen here. Something big has got to happen. 
didn't really feel like big, did it? It was just like, there was a few cute lines, a few funny lines. The highlight of the whole thing was when Miro um, somehow gets the crowd to start singing, don't hurt me, don't hurt me, no more. That was probably the best bit, but I don't know. Somehow Miro gets handcuffed to the bottom rope after they do. Apparently they legitimately got married, I was reading last night. Whether or not they did, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Miro gets handcuffed to the bottom rope. We get um, Chuck attacking Kit. Penelope Ford ends up in the cake. Orange Cassidy's inside the cake. And I was just like, all this for all these months was to what? Build up a Miro and Kip versus best friend. Versus what? Charles and Orange Cassidy match at Revolution. Is that what this was for? So yeah, I don't know if they thought... Everyone expected Miro to turn on Kip. And maybe they just thought, is that too obvious? So let's not do it. I mean, they don't usually think like that, but sometimes the most obvious thing is the best thing to do. I just, I really want Miro away from Kip. The Kip Penelope Ford act, it's barely a mid-card act, and Miro, he joined AEW in like, what was it, the end of August? We're in February. He's been with them for over half the year. What's he done? What has he done? They need to do something with Miro. Like, the whole thing in WWE was all oh, WWE aren't using him to the best of the, their ability. They probably used him better. The whole gimmick with uh, Aiden English was better than so far what they've done with him. I mean, I do trust in AEW. They do always seem to pull it out of the bag. And I'm sure in six months' time, we'll be like, oh, they've done great with Miro. Hoping so. Because Miro, for me, should be near the top of the card. And this whole thing is just... I don't know. I, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this Kip versus, like, Miro-like relationship that's going on. It's been going on too long, and it's just... It's not for me at all. Um, backstage segment, Jericho and MJF are celebrating. Um, and They go into the dressing room. The rest of the inner circle don't seem like they want to celebrate. Guevara says it feels like we're just always collateral damage. And MJF um, tells Jericho, go after him after Guevara storms off. And he gets Wardlow to get rid of the camera van because he needs to talk to the rest of the inner circle. They're slowly, slowly building this up. I love it. I love it. Eventually, this is going to end with MJF running the inner circle. At some point, Jericho is going to go away. He might even go babyface, which is probably the right thing to do. And it's going to be MJF leading the inner circle and probably Jericho and Sammy as faces. Maybe Sammy will even turn back. Sammy Gavard just look. He is going to be a great babyface. Um, we get a segment with Shaq. He's basically on NBA tonight. Just, I don't even know. He was showing his finishing move, the Black Thunder. Um... And yeah, Shaq and Jade versus Cody and Red Velvet is taking place on the March 3rd edition of Dynamite. And that is a couple of nights before the Revolution pay-per-view. I do think this is a smart move. And why is it a smart move? Because it's going to get a bigger audience, yeah? Shaq, you'd hope, is going to... The whole point of having Shaq there is to get new eyes on the product. So I'd say that night, then they'll be looking to try and get a million viewers, yeah? Which is great. People are saying, why not on the pay-per-view? You're going to get a million viewers to your go-home show... Going towards Revolution, you might, some of them might think, do you know what, that was a really good wrestling show. I'm going to buy this pay-per-view, so I can totally see why they've gone with that. Let's get a big rating. Doesn't need to be on Revolution. We've already got, like, we've got Sting Derby against Team Taz. That's like a tag team match that's like, do you know what I mean? A bit like, is it going to be all right? It's fine. Let's let's do this on Dynamite. I'm completely fine with that. Let's get some new eyes to the product and draw a big rating. And yeah, hopefully some of those people that tune in will by Revolution. And the go-on shows from AEW are usually really good, and I'm sure they'll be trying the best. Um, 
on that night. Um, next, we got the match. Now, the set I was alluding before the semi main event at Dynamite. I always feel like it. The semi main event is always something that we've seen what we came to see and we're waiting for the main event. So, I really, with that in mind, I really struggled to get into the Lance Archer Eddie Kingston lumberjack match. I didn't even know that it was meant to be taking place. It wasn't announced, it must have been announced at some point during this week. And it was. I just couldn't get into it. It was we had like Jake Roberts taking out on Helico, um, a tag team, the Bear. I can't even think of the name, the Bear something. Put Butcher and Blade through a table, and Archer wins via blackout. And it was just, oh okay. I I think they were just trying to get rid of it, get rid of the, the Archer Eddie Kingston feud, and let's move on to new things, which I'm fine with. Not really much to talk about. Another backstage segment: FTR kidnaps Marco Stunt. Does look like we're going to be getting FTR versus Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus at Revolution. Um, and matches announced for next week. I do like either. We always do next week. You always know before that main event, you're going to get told what's on next week. We've got Darby versus Joey Janela TNT title. Cody and Lee Johnson versus Peter Avalon and Cesar Benoni, former NXT wrestler. Um, yeah, we'll see what Cody does with that. Bit of a strange one there. Um, Jericho and MJF versus The Acclaimed. I love a bit of The Acclaimed. I'm telling you, people might not like them. I think six months, these guys are going to be over as heck. I, over as heck, weird. Um, I think it's great. I think they're a really good act, and I'm looking forward to seeing what they get out of Jericho and MJF in a match. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot better than people expect. Main event, Omega and the Good Brothers versus Phoenix, Pack and Moxley. Now, we've obviously spoke about the start of the show, the whole Kenta stuff. The match itself, start on paper, I was thinking this is going to be great. It turned out to be great. At first, I was a bit like, oh, it's a little bit slow, this. I mean, there was a spot at the start of the match that I didn't like. The, the Good Brothers had worked over Moxley, tagged in Omega. Omega comes into the ring and Moxley dives away to make the tag. And I just thought that doesn't seem in character for John Moxley. Although it makes sense in terms of the match. Doesn't Moxie, like, hate Omega for screwing him out of his title? So I don't see why he'd want to make the tag and tag someone else in. Moxley strikes me as, like, that stupid guy who just wants to fight no matter what. So that, I found that a little bit weird. But as I say, it started slow, but it got really good by the end. Um, I, it turned into a really good match. For around, like, like, three and a quarter, three and a half star range to put a star rating on it. Really good main event at Dynamite. Um, Ray Phoenix, unfortunately, takes the pin. Um, from the Magic Killer, I think it was obvious he was going to be the one taking the pin. Um, but, yeah, we get Lance Archer attacking Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers after the match. Lance Archer always seems to get involved in other people's feuds, doesn't he? But I do think we're going to be building towards a Kenny Omega-Lance Archer TV match for the title. Like the same with Kenny Omega and Pac. So, down the line, expect Omega versus Lance Archer to be maybe one of these Dynamite special main event title matches. Um, and then to end, like we said, a masked man. There he is. Kenta still staying strong on the big screen TV. How long that'll last, I don't know. Kenta comes out. GTS to Moxley. And yeah, Kenny Omega stands over John Moxley as we go off air. And Kenta shakes his head. So yeah, huge moment. As I'm not going to talk about it that much more. Huge moment um, to end Dynamite. One that's going to live in the annals for a long time. And yeah, so it, I mean, they've not actually announced the main event for Revolution yet, have they? I'm pretty sure, have they? I don't think they have it. It's going to be Moxley against Omega. It's the right match to make. It's the only match. I was thinking, could you do Pack against Omega? Maybe a three-way? I think the best way to go with is Omega versus Moxley, main event in Revolution. Um, Omega's probably going to retain, but hey, 
stranger things have happened. I do think it's right that Omega returns, but that should be your main event um, for Revolution. So yeah, that that's basically Bear Country. That's it. Cheers, Ryan. Bear Country. I couldn't. It just slipped. I didn't have it in my notes, and I was like. What were they called? Bear Country. Yes, Bear Country and No Surrender, by the way, as well. But yeah, Bear Country made their Dynamite debuts. Um, But yeah, that's it. That was Beach Blast. I mean, overall, my overall thoughts on the show were... It it wasn't as good as, like, a winter is coming, but it was going to be hard when you had a Sting debut, Kenny Omega, John Moxley main event. I think I probably preferred New Year's Smash. It was one of the weaker specials that they'd done. I didn't think the wedding delivered. I thought Thunder Rose of Britt Baker was good, but I was kind of hoping for a better finish. The Battle Royal was fine. It wasn't as good as the Battle Royal from last year before Revolution. The main event was good. But the only thing the show's going to be remembered for is Orange... Ke- I'm joking. Is Kenta coming out at the end. When you think of Beach Blast from February... The 3rd, was it? February the 3rd, February the 2nd, 2021. You're going to think of Kenta and the Forbidden Door being opened. So, yeah, that's the big news coming out of the show. It'd have to be a thumbs-up show. Probably go, like, 6.5, 7 out of 10. Another really, another good edition of Dynamite. And, yeah, looking forward to next week as we head into Revolution. Um, so, yeah, I will be back. I mean, this weekend, I just want to quickly talk about wrestling. There's not that much weekend. If you're looking for wrestling this weekend, and um, there's no New Japan shows. Um, Dragon Gate do have a pretty big show tomorrow with English commentary. So, if you're looking for your fix of wrestling, go on the Dragon Gate Network and check that one out. Um, did Impact have a show? I don't think so. No Surrender. No Surrender is next weekend. Um, NXT is next weekend. Um, I think that's... Pretty much it. WWE don't have a show. This is the one wrestling weekend where there's not much coming up. Because... <laughs> Kenner had to go before the end of the show. Is that it? Is that lights out or what? Um, so yeah, ne- it all starts from next weekend. We've got NXT and Impact next weekend. The weekend after, we've got the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. We've got, I think, Castle Attack from New Japan the weekend after that. Weekend after that, Revolution... Weekend after that, is it Fastlane? I think it is. So yeah, this is your last wrestling weekend for a long time with not that much going on. But if you're looking for something, check out the Dragon Gate show. But yeah, we will be back next Thursday to talk about, hopefully, the Kenta, Kenny Omega versus um, Lance Archer and John Moxley lights out match. So yeah, see you next Thursday. As I said, I just want to thank everyone who's listening, everyone who commented. It's all very much appreciated. Um, find us on Twitter at WWE versus AEW right below at Ball B Daniel. We're also available Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever wherever you can find podcasts, we are there. The YouTube channel is what I'm trying to grow at the moment. I feel like the podcast side of it's all right. So yeah, please subscribe to our YouTube. Um, give us a thumbs up on the show, that always helps, um, and if, if anyone listening could write us a review on Apple Podcasts, I'd be grateful for that as well, um, we're also at www.patreon.com forward slash neutral wrestling if you want to support the show, but yeah, just stay tuned to our Twitter, I'll be talking about the Dragon Gate show on Twitter, wrestling news, I'll be reviewing, well, I'm sure you'll get the ratings from someone else, but I'll be posting the ratings at 9 o'clock tonight, but yeah, I just want to say thanks for listening, I am Daniel, and I will be back next week, talking about WWE versus AEW. Thanks for listening, everyone.